Dogs by Nature Radio. There's there's been a lot of heat, national heat on you uh, this week. Are you? I'm just wondering what your approach is to that. Are you listening to it? Are you blocking it out? Are you letting it get to you? Uh, how are you handling it? I don't give a damn what they say. Um, it's it's within this building. Uh, we know we can be better. I know I can be better, and that's how it's going to be handled. The outside noise doesn't matter. They get paid to talk. We get paid to do our work. So. Uh, that's how it's going to be handled. Now, here's your host, my dad, Thelonious7. My dogs by nature family, I hope this transmission finds you well. My name is Thelonious7, and you're listening to The Opposition's Position on Dogs by Nature Radio. NFL Week 7, Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m., Your Cleveland Browns make their way into the heart of Northern Kentucky to battle the Bengals in the jungle. To help give us an idea of the opposition's position, we've reached out again to Rebecca Tobach as she joins the studio for a third time as a Bengals fan representative. Hi, my name is Rebecca Toback. I covered the Bengals for five years at SB Nation and Cincy Jungle specifically, and now I do marketing at the post game. Rebecca, it's truly a pleasure to have you back on the program, especially as we try to turn the page from the last week of contests. And for the record, she can be found at Rebecca underscore T-O-B-A-C-K on Twitter. So Rebecca, we're still recovering from the 38 to 7 shellacking at the hands of the Steelers. And you also had the victory snatched from you in the waning minutes of your contest. Well, what led to that game getting away from the Bengals? How was this fan base holding up after a rough six-game start? So last week, the Bengals got off to a great start. 21-point lead, first three drives, touchdowns on all three drives, and... I mean, we were taken aback. Fans were so excited. The positivity hasn't been that excessive in who knows how long. Um, and I was quickly reminded that the last time the Bengals had a 21-point lead, the game actually ended up being a roller coaster. They very narrowly beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2018 after getting off to a really hot start with a 21-point lead. Um, but... That 21-point lead in Week 6 quickly disappeared, uh, and that was really due, I think, to the Colts just coming together as a team and uh, figuring out what the Bengals were doing well and making adjustments, and this has been something that the Bengals have done very poorly at for the last two decades. They do not know how to make adjustments when other teams make adjustments. They do not make halftime adjustments. They do not make any adjustments. Their game plan is their game plan. And if it doesn't work out, they crumble. Um, And so at the start of the game, their game plan was going perfectly. It was all going according to plan and they were thriving. And once the Colts kind of figured out what they needed to change, the Bengals could never figure out what they needed to change. So the defense let the game slip away as the Colts able were able to rack up points very quickly, and the offense just kind of crumbled. Um, and I think a lot of that is the run game still not performing well. Uh, the offensive line actually had maybe their best game of the year against the Colts, but the run game is still really struggling. And so um, when you're relying on Joe Burrow, a rookie quarterback, to just, you know, kill it um, nonstop and to be 
delivering on all cylinders, it just, it can't always work out for you. So um, the Bengals started settling for field goals. The Colts started scoring more than the Bengals were and the game got away from them. And so it uh, it was a recipe for disaster and all the positivity that we saw quickly very quickly vanished and uh as a result as um as kind of the browns week is playing out as well the Bengals week this week has been a lot of frustration a lot of negativity and a lot of talk about zach taylor being fired and we'll get to more of that later oh no rebecca the vintage of loss that you just described reminds me of several games in cleveland that we experienced during the hugh jackson era i know how contentious that got in cleveland I heard rumors of the demise of A.J. Green and Zach Taylor coming out of your fan base. Is that just idle noise? So, yeah, the demise of A.J. Green, a very big talking point among Bengals fans. During the Ravens game two weeks ago, he was seen on the sidelines, very frustrated, talking to one of the assistant coaches. And it seemed that he might have been alluding to wanting to be traded if they weren't going to use him. That changed pretty drastically in week six. Uh, A.J. Green's best game of the year came last week. He had a 96-yard performance, eight catches on 11 targets by far his best game of the year prior to that um he had 13 yards against the browns he had or actually no uh, 13 targets against the Browns, 29 yards and 51 yards against the chargers in week one which was his best of the year so he nearly doubled his highest uh yardage performance of the year last week against the colts still has not scored a touchdown but i definitely think that his connection with joe burrow is growing significantly and i'm sure that's something that they are working on considerably every week um i do think that you know they're going to figure it out i don't think that green is going to be traded and i think that it's pretty hopeful that they are going to continue progressing i mean green didn't practice at all really during training camp and training camp was cut short to begin with so they're really just starting to get the hang of each other um, and then as far as the Zach Taylor being fired chatter, which I already uh, alluded to a little bit, there is definitely a lot of talk on Twitter about fans wanting Zach Taylor to be fired. I do not at all expect that to happen during the season. Um, I think that if he were to be fired, it would be at the end of the year, though I'm really not even sure that the uh, Brown family would do that. I mean, they stuck around with uh, Marvin Lewis for 15 years, so... Um, I think there's definite reason to be concerned about Zach Taylor. I think fans and the media alike are very uh, confused about many of the decisions that he has made as far as who he plays, the play calling, um, and just the general direction of the team. And I think a big, big issue in the last two weeks has been players publicly speaking out about not agreeing with Zach Taylor. So that was a huge thing with Carlos Dunlap for really the last like three weeks or so. Um, He's made it very clear that he does not agree with uh, his decreased role and the changes that are going on on defense. He had a very bizarre Instagram live session this week where he talked about that he just wants to play and that he wouldn't want to play with anyone who didn't just want to play and he was really just airing his frustration it was very strange um i I recommend you go check it out on his instagram it's still up um because it was just a very very weird very weird thing um so yeah i think for now aj 
talk being traded, the Zach Taylor talk about being fired. It's all just talk, but it's definitely stuff to keep an eye on. Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap definitely involved in a surprising narrative in the midseason. That one has a cameo of Vontae's birthlicht as well. The Zach Taylor talk is uh, alarming as well, but I think the organization gives him the chance to develop into his best self as a coach. And I'm hoping that that happens in at least 14 of 16 of the weeks in the year. But more than anything, Taylor's success is tied to his young quarterback. And there's a lot of talk about the hits that Joe Burrow had taken early in the year. Has this improved since week two? Does Burrow seem shaken? How has he progressed from week to week? So week two against the Browns, Joe Burrow was sacked three times, and that was hardly even the worst of it that he has had. He was sacked eight times the next week against the Eagles. He was sacked seven times against the Ravens, and he is currently on track to break the record for the most sacks taken by a rookie quarterback, which obviously is not a record that he wants to have broken. Um, So there... Uh, the offensive line really did have their best game of the year in week six against the Colts. Uh, Burrow was only sacked two times, and one of those was really his own fault. Um, so there has been maybe an inch of progress, or really the progress was just last week since he's coming off a seven-sack game prior to that. But I think that a lot of the emphasis this week is going to be figuring out how to ensure that Miles Garrett does not get to Burrow as frequently. He mentioned that in his press conference on Wednesday. Um, and Burrow, I, I, I don't think he seems shaken. I think there are are plays that you could call out and say like, oh, was that because he was scared or is that because he's really trying to make sure that he doesn't get injured? Um, But I think that he's very confident. He's always remained confident. And um, I'm hopeful that the offensive line is kind of figuring things out. But I think the Browns, of course, will be a very big test to see how far Burrow has come and to see how far that offensive line has come since week two. Um, But I'm not concerned about Burrow being shaken at this point. Well, I for one hope he's able to remain healthy, particularly for those contests remaining against the Ravens and the Steelers. We're certainly going to get a look at that protection this Sunday as he has to go up against Miles Garrett again. Uh, So on to the defensive side of the football. Do you feel that your defense in general is on the right track? Who has emerged now as the leader on that side of the ball? Do you feel comfortable with them using top picks on protection for Joe alone in this next draft? So, no, I I do not feel that the defense is on the right track at all. Um, The defense is going in the wrong direction. Um, Pretty much everyone who is remotely good is either injured or pissed off at Zach Taylor. So, no, I mean, the defense is in a pretty bad place right now. Um... Uh, Mike Daniels is out, but he's hopefully going to be returning soon. Sam Hubbard is out. It's unclear how long he's out for. DJ Reader is done for the year. Geno Atkins has been hurt. He didn't play in the first Bengals-Browns game, but now he's been back for two weeks, but still not really playing. The coaches say it's because they're easing him back in from injury. There's a lot of confusion if that's the reality. Um, the On the last week uh, against the Colts, there was a game-deciding play where the Colts won themselves 
themselves the game in the red zone with a first down touchdown where the defensive line was five guys or four guys who joined the team after September 1st and one guy who was a fifth round rookie. So, um, the defense is in a very bad place, I would say, yet, like, there are moments of hope and, like, things that look good, like the defensive game plan against the Ravens two weeks ago, really strong, really impressive, um, and then when you lose a 21-point lead in a matter of really minutes, uh, I think all your hope on defense disappears, so... Um, but the people who are emerging as leaders, William Jackson, who he's in the final year of his rookie deal, he has been really good, uh, top corner in the league, I would say. And then Jesse Bates, the Bengals safety, still on his rookie deal as well. I think he is playing at an all pro level. He had an interception last week and he, he has been really impressive and definitely someone the Bengals need to get signed, uh, to an extension and locked up long term in Cincinnati because he has been really the leader of the defense. Um, so that, that's that been the positives on defense, really, William Jackson and Jesse Bates. And next year in the draft, I think that the, the emphasis will need to be on the offensive line, but that's more of a long-term thing. I don't think that they can really rely on just the draft to figure out how to protect um, Joe Burrow for the long term. I think they must sign someone in free agency who can come in and perform at the highest of levels from day one um, because that should have been the priority this past offseason. It clearly wasn't. They've hopefully learned from their massive mistake um, and now getting Joe Burrow protection, improving the offensive line is the really one and only concern. I mean, there's so many concerns, but the offensive line has to be it. Well, Joe Burrow and that offensive line have another serious test coming up this Sunday. How do you feel about your chances at home in week seven? What are the keys to the Bengals' success? And who do you see winning in this contest? So I've done a few interviews with you guys now, and the first Bengals-Browns game, I predicted a Bengals win that did not work out. Then I came back for to talk about the Bengals when the Bengals played the Jaguars, and the Bengals won, but I predicted a loss. So now for this week against the Browns, I really can't predict a win for the Bengals. Um, I just don't think that they're a winning team. They just find ways to lose when they should win. Right now, they could have a winning record, but they have made such stupid mistakes to put them in a position to lose, and they are just much better at losing than they are at winning. Um, So I am going to predict a... um, a Browns win over the Bengals in Cincinnati. I just think this game is so similar to the first time that the Bengals and Browns played in week two. Uh, the Bengals were coming off a game where they should have won and they lost. And the Browns were coming off a disastrous loss to a division rival. That's really exactly where we stand now, again, heading into this week seven matchup where the Browns are coming off a disastrous loss to the Steelers. The Bengals are coming off a game where they blew a 21 point lead. Um, so I'm going with, unfortunately, a Browns win over the Bengals, I will say 27 to 24. Rebecca, I think you're right. There are a ton of similarities between this game and the last game we played back on the shores of Lake Erie, but there are two key differences as well. And even though I'm likely to pick Cleveland in this game, I'm worried about them missing Nick Chubb, and I'm also worried about their struggles on the road. 
guess we're gonna have to see in this contest coming up how those things shake out well our guest has been rebecca tobach formerly of the cincy jungle she can be found at rebecca underscore t-o-b-a-c-k on twitter i really appreciate you taking your time to share your thoughts with us here on dogs by nature radio uh, but before you get going what do you think of our rivalry and do you hate the steelers more than you hate the ravens at this point, I feel like the Bengals-Browns rivalry is so sh- in a strange place. Like, um, obviously, Bengals fans hate Browns fans. Browns fans hate Bengals fans. But above all else, we hate the Steelers, and we can bond over the fact uh, that we all hate the Steelers. So um, I think the Steelers are really the team to hate in the division, and that ha- that's consistent every year it doesn't matter if the Ravens are better last year the Ravens are at the top of the league still hated the Steelers more than anything um and I think I I definitively speak for all Bengals fans in saying that um I see the Bengals Browns rivalry as one that's going to get a lot more exciting in like two years uh, I think when Joe Burrow is like at his peak and let's say for you guys that Baker Mayfield progresses and gets an extension and continues to be your quarterback, um, which which I I like Baker outside of being a Bengals fan. Um, so I, I am hopeful for that for you guys if I wasn't a Bengals fan. Um, but my my thoughts on the rivalry are really that like obviously the Bengals and Browns hate each other, but not nearly as much as the Bengals hate the Steelers or as the Browns hate the Steelers. Nice job finishing on something we can all agree on. Excellent work all around on this one, Rebecca. Thank you so much for taking the time to share it with us here on Dogs by Nature Radio. Any closing thoughts? I think my my closing thoughts heading into week seven are that I hope this is a good game, an exciting game. I would love the Bengals to surprise me and win, but like I said, I'm, I'm expecting a loss. And above all else, I would love for everyone to stay healthy because... We've seen a lot of injuries, and um, I really don't want to see any more. So I'm hoping for a good, safe game and, um, you know, the a, a view into the future of this rivalry with Mayfield and Burrow competing and uh, seeing who can come out on top. Rebecca, I think the Browns and the Bengals needed to turn the page after last week. Thank you for joining us so we can get our thoughts back on the game this Sunday. Well, with that, we'll put this one in the books. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to make Dogs by Nature Radio a part of your day. Well, that was your dose of the straight truth. You've been listening to the opposition's position on Dogs by Nature Radio. Take care.